You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, Editor-in-Chief at BuffaloRumlings.com. The Buffalo Bills are 1-0 after an impressive season opening win over the New York Jets. Impressive not that they dominated from start to end, but impressive that they kept their wit about them. Came back from two touchdowns down in the fourth quarter to pull out a victory that I didn't really see coming in the moment, but they were able to pull it off. We've got questions this week uh, off of voicemail, off Twitter, and a a lot of folks wondering about the offense going forward. Uh, The defense... People don't seem to be questioning very much. I I wonder why. You can send in your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. Tweet us at RumlingsQ&A. Send us Facebook or Instagram messages. Leave comments in the comment section at buffalorumlings.com. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Email buffalorumlings at sbnation.com. Let's get to this week's questions. In my post-game column, I led with my question of the week, the question I've been getting a lot, how did that just happen? The Bills had no business winning that game. Four turnovers in their first six possessions all in the first half, and yet they were only down 6 nothing going into halftime. Just shows how great the defense was on Sunday. They also had a couple near interceptions with a drop pick and an interception that was overturned by a penalty. They gave up a safety. It was just it was a long slog in the first half and part of the third quarter. Josh Allen, according to The Athletic, was able to rally the troops, uh, keep telling the defense to play well because he was going to get his uh, uh, poop together. He did not use the word poop, but this is a family podcast, folks. It was a resilient win. I really liked what I saw from them, um, and that was the lead question off of my post-game column. You can find that at buffalorumlings.com, my five observations column. Next was the welcome back pass rush. The Bills were able to get four sacks with Sam Darnold. That was awesome. They were in the backfield constantly. Ed Arnold was able to move Ed Oliver was able to move him off of his spot. Jordan Poyer, Shaq Lawson, Lorenzo Alexander uh, each had sacks. Jerry Hughes had a sack and a half, so there was four sacks total. It was just really nice to see the pass rush back again. Um, the rushing attack was ignored for the first part of the game. This is my third bullet point for my opinion piece. Singletary, Devin Singletary came in. Uh, 70 yards on just four carries late in the game, providing a huge spark for the Bills down the stretch. But where was it er earlier in the game? I know they were trying to get Josh Allen a little bit more comfortable in the first quarter, but I think they opened with 20 straight passes or something like that. It was uh, not great, Bob. Uh, He looked in command on the first drive, but eventually it just lets 
your pass rushers tee up on you. And uh, that's exactly what they did. And Deion Dawkins couldn't really handle it. They needed to to put the Jets defenders back on their heels a little bit. And uh, it eventually worked. Um, speaking of words, the defense really, really worked. That was my fourth bullet point for my opinion piece. Uh, they were able to turn... Uh, the Bills' defense was put in bad situation after bad situation, but they only allowed eight points in the entire game. The Bills' offense also allowed eight points, so that's a thing. Um, it just... it They played really, really great, and they kept making big plays at big moments where you thought the Jets might be able to get a first down conversion to, you know, give the Bills, say, a minute and a half on their final drive. Instead, the Bills' defense was able to get off the field. Some bad passes, some sacks. It was just really nice play. Um, Trey Edmonds really impressed me in the first half in particular, but really throughout the game, the Bills' defense was able to hold Le'Veon Bell to four yards per touch. That's receiving and rushing combined, so four yards per touch. His career average is 5.2, so they were able to keep him in check. And by all accounts, he was uh, frustrated in the postgame locker room and on Monday because the Bills were able to bottle him up so consistently. And then, uh, speaking of consistency, the Bills didn't want any on their offensive line. Uh, They had Mitch Morse playing in his first game, his first meaningful action since joining the Bills. Uh, John Feliciano switched over from center to guard because he had been replacing Morse at center. And then they rotated Ty Insecki and Cody Ford, each getting about half the snaps. Early on in the game, it was 2-1, to one, with Ford getting two series and Insecki getting one. But then as the game wore on and it got tighter and tighter, Insecki was out there on multiple drives in the fourth quarter. So they really don't care about continuity, even though they say they do. They are trying to get Ford worked in and give him confidence, but they also know that Inseki's better than him, or at least that's what they're telling me when they do that rotation. So that's all in my post-game column. You can go to buffalorollings.com and check that out. Uh, now it's time to get to some questions. <laughs> Our first question of the day comes from our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. Hey, this is Rory calling from Kalispell, Montana. Uh, just wondering, do we think that the issues uh, Josh Allen were having uh, Sunday were just a case of sort of first game jitters, or are they going to be a concern moving forward, um, all of the different turnovers and near interceptions that he was throwing? Um, second question was... Uh, you know, the defense looked really good. Obviously, you know, we had some expectations for them being good this year, but um, how much of that is a factor of the Jets' offense being bad or their line being bad? Um, or do we think, you know, this is a look we should expect for the rest of the year against better teams? Thanks. Hi, Rory. Thanks for calling in from Montana. I always think of the hunt for Red October when I hear someone's from Montana. Go look it up, kids. To answer your first question, Josh Allen was kind of all over the place, but I think he's still going to have games like that. We published an article over the offseason about how his development and really anybody's development is going to be nonlinear. He's going to take a step back. He's going to take steps forward. I think pulling out the win, showing that he was capable of playing well down the stretch, I think was a net positive, but he had some very, very bad decisions in this game. I don't think it's necessarily an indication that he's going to be great or he's going to be terrible. I think it's just another step in the process, pardon the uh, expression, but I think that it's just 
it's part of his growing pains that he's going to have good games and then he's going to take a step back. If we keep seeing passes like that throughout you know, the next, I don't know, five or six games, I think then it's time to worry. Um, but I don't think it was related to being in the first game unless you want to just say that his communication is still needs a little bit of work. I mean, it's, he hasn't... He's been with Brian Dable long enough to not have some of the problems he had today. Uh, he's he's making throws that he shouldn't be making, but at the same time, I don't think there was like a miscommunication issue with Cole Beasley on that interception where Beasley tips it up in the air. I think it was just bad luck. And those ones don't bother me as much as the the late pass he had to the right side of the of the field on the screen that was almost picked off, you know, that almost interception. So as long as he's not throwing it against his body and making too many of those bad decisions, I'm okay with it. You know, the botch snap with uh, Mitch Morris, I'm not really worried about that. Those guys are going to get that chemistry and they won't have Quinn and Williams bashing Mitch Morris in the face very much. So I'm not exactly worried about it. For your second question, I really like how you framed it. I don't think that the Jets have a bad offense necessarily. I mean, they were able, the Bills defense was really, really gunning to stop Le'Veon Bell, and they did that. But they also gave up, what was it, nine catches over the middle to Jameis Crowder uh, just by leaving him the space in the middle of the field to do that. The the game plan was clearly to stop Le'Veon Bell. They were able to bottle him up. They put Tremaine Edmonds on him, and he was able to do that. The Bills' front four was able to generate a pass rush without any blitzing help, which really helped. Um, that's probably more of a symptom of the Jets' offensive line than it is of the Bills having this renewed pass rush. But, you know, they played solid. Everybody played solid. Jordan Poyer made a couple of nice plays. Um Tredavious White apparently was so good that they didn't even want to throw it at him. Um, the Bills did a, a nice job outside of Saran Neal coming in and replacing Taron Johnson. That's something that they're going to have to address this week, and I'm frankly surprised that they haven't yet, considering it's already Tuesday. So I think the defense played really well. Um, the front four was able to take advantage of the Jets' offensive line. I'm not going to say that it was like the Vikings game a year ago where it was all pass rush and everything on the back end was just kind of feeding off of that. The Bills had a really nice plan in place with their linebackers. Uh, There was a couple of defensive line uh, zone blitzes where they've dropped into coverage and and seeing Ed Oliver in coverage isn't something I want to see very often. Uh, Definitely don't want to see Jordan Phillips in coverage very often, but it's... um, I think the defense just played really well on Sunday, and hopefully we can see that going forward. Uh, they're not built necessarily to, to face, say, Tom Brady and, and the Patriots with five receiver sets and spreading out the field out. You know, they they don't necessarily have the cornerback depth to, to do that right now. So the next couple weeks, Bills should be okay, but we'll have to see what happens in week four and beyond. Thanks for your question all the way from Montana at 716-508. Zero four zero five. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. 
we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Our Twitter question of the week comes into at Rumlings Q&A from Scott. Why are we not featuring Devin Singletary? It's a great question. Uh, he was in on a ton of snaps. I think he played 40-something snaps. Uh, he went out and passed routes a ton, but wasn't targeted very often in those. And he did have one drop in uh, in the passing game on Sunday. They didn't let him run the ball really until the second half, where he obviously exploded for 70 yards on four carries. He did have 20-something yards through the air as well to add to that total. So he had a really nice NFL debut. I think uh, they're trying to get Josh Allen a little bit of a read on the Jets defense with Greg Williams coming in. Uh, Josh Allen hadn't really seen a Greg Williams defense before, so that's why you saw Patrick DeMarco split out wide. They were trying to give him an opportunity to read what the defense was giving him, and uh, they can do that by putting a fullback in the game, but then splitting him out so that they can see where the linebackers are going in in kind of response to that. So I think that's what they were trying to do at the very beginning of the game was get Josh Allen a little bit acclimated to the Greg Williams defense. It worked on the first drive, and then uh, they had the fumble. And then uh, on the on the ensuing drives, they, they just really went away from it. I, maybe it's because of C.J. Mosley in the middle of the Jets defense, maybe. But um, for whatever reason, they didn't really feature Singletary that much until later in the game. And, of course, he was able to have that great game. I, I suspect that they will feature him more going down the stretch um, as he gets his feet wet as they face a little bit more uh, more bland defenses. You'll see a little bit more of a traditional running game out of the Bills. But it I keep waffling back and forth on this uh, on this play calling by, by Brian Dable because I think part of it was really genius, and I think part of it was absolutely crazy. Like you, I, I was wondering why Singletary wasn't involved more earlier. So... Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit with you on this one, but uh, I, I thought that it worked well as long as they weren't turning the ball over, which, you know, kind of is a big deal. I wanted to give one more shout out uh, on Twitter. Shane Collins asked us why the play calling in the first half included one or two designed running plays. And they all go kind of hand in hand with that conversation around trying to figure out what the Jets were going to do on defense and handling the pressure that the uh, Jets were going to bring in the Greg Williams defense. Dude loves to blitz. Uh, He was regularly sending five or six guys. So the Bills spread it out just a little bit. Especially with DeMarco split out wide. I just, I remember seeing it in the first few plays and I was... I was pretty uh, flabbergasted by it until I started thinking about why they would do that. And then um, and then he caught his first pass on the outside. I'm like, that's not why they did that. Uh, they were trying to uh, to move the linebackers around, get a little bit of a clearer lane for, for Josh Allen. And it ended up working, like I said. Uh, they had bad luck on the Cole Beasley over the middle um, interception. They had bad luck on the Mitch Morris fumble. But even that was on fourth down. I didn't love the third down play call there. Um, I just I didn't love the the QB sneak on third down. I, I it was third and two. It was a long it was a long one, a short two, whatever you want to call it. But you know, putting everybody in the box when you got Josh Allen, you could spread everybody out and run for it a little bit easier. I think so. I, I didn't love the play calling. Don't get me wrong, but there was definitely reasons for it. Thanks for both your questions yeah. at Romlings Q and A on Twitter. Thank you.
to the phone lines we go, 716-508-0405. Hey, it's Ron from New Mexico with a face for radio, a voice for print, and a wife listening to Lady Gaga on her phone in the background. And is it better to be lucky or good? Alan was uh, both at various times today. Thanks for your question, Ron. Um, I didn't hear the Lady Gaga in the background, but but maybe some of you other ones did. Um, the the question though is it is it better to be lucky than good? Uh, he was definitely lucky several times on Sunday. Uh, I don't know. Um, it it's better to be good because. I tend to believe that folks make their own luck. Um, and when you put yourself in a good position and do things the right way, whether it's mechanics or decision-making or whatever it happens to be, I think you end up getting you know, better breaks because you're more prepared and um, you're just you're better able to handle when bad things come your way. So I think the Bills were really snake bit in a lot of ways on, on Sunday and still were able to overcome it. So to your question, is it better to be lucky or good? It's, it's better to be good for sure. Um, because then you'll be at least in a position to get lucky and, and to make the right plays when the opportunity presents itself or when the ball bounces your way, there's never going to be a replacement for the ball, just bouncing the correct way on a fumble. Uh, you know, if it had bounced forward and, one of the Bills offensive linemen had fallen on it on that fourth down snap that Mitch Morris and Josh Allen couldn't figure out. Like that would have been lucky and that would have been great. Um, there's just no, there's no better way to do that. Like there, it's not like he was in a bad position or something like that. So it, it's definitely better to be good than lucky, but sometimes the ball just bounces the wrong way. Like it did, like it did off Cole Beasley's hands. Thanks for the question, Ron. 716 508 0405. Looking ahead, the Bills have a couple of winnable games here coming up against the New York Giants in New Jersey and against the Cincinnati Bengals at home before they host the New England Patriots to finish off September. Then they travel to Tennessee at the beginning of uh, October and then host the Dolphins October 20th after the bye week. There's a lot of winnable games there. They could really uh, they could really make a dent uh, in the standings over the next few weeks, but they still have questions facing them as well. Um, the biggest question in my mind right now is what's going to happen at nickel cornerback. When Taron Johnson went out, Saran Neal came in and he was bad, especially that two-point conversion where I don't know what he was doing. Uh, if, if your job is to knock down the ball, you don't have to hit it into the, you know, out of the stadium or whatever, but he, uh, he took a huge swipe at it and completely whiffed on it, allowing the Jets to square their two-point conversion. Um, at the Bills are going to have a problem at nickel cornerback. EJ Gaines was the guy that they had brought in to kind of back up Taron Johnson in case Johnson got hurt. He was hurt in his first game. He said he heard his hamstring pop. We'll see how long that actually keeps him out. But it, they can't go into week two with Saran Neal as their uh, nickel cornerback. So they're going to have to bring in a guy like Captain Munnerlin, who was on their roster during training camp, but was released at final cuts, or somebody else. And uh, it's just not a great situation with Gaines uh, himself hurt. So they had depth, but then they lost it. And uh, they're really going to have to address it moving forward because it was really a weak point, and the Jets were able to exploit it for a little bit. Um, 
the Bills have some really great coverage linebackers, but they also need that kind of shiftier cornerback that can cover a guy in the slot. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from that. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, it, more and more consistency, even though they're obviously not really too concerned about it because they rotated in Secchi and Ford so much, but really getting that consistency, even on the ex- exchange between the center, Mitch Morris, and uh, the quarterback, Josh Allen. Uh, they really need to work on consistency really across the, the entire offense, whether it's catching the ball by Cole Beasley, um, maybe running some run plays in the first quarter, you know, things like that. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see going forward against the New York Giants, who also have a, a stout running back in Saquon Barkley, if the Bills are going to be able to contain him as much as they were able to contain Le'Veon Bell. And... Um, yeah, I'm not not necessarily worried about the Giants and their receiving core and their passing attack, uh, but Barkley could present some challenges to them. So it's another big test for the Bills this Sunday against the New York Giants. Tune into all the Buffalo Rumblings podcasts. We've got Blitz Bills, Buffalo Rumblings Q and A, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, The Nick and Nolan Show, Believe, and Circling the Wagons. They've all got great content. We've got another podcast potentially coming your way this week or or next week um and we're going to be debuting a brand new show so keep your eyes peeled for that and your ears peeled for that that's going to do it for this week's episode of buffalo rumblings q a but don't forget to send in your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405 you can call and leave a voicemail or text that number you can tweet us at rumblings q and a that's with the word and spelled out in the middle send us emails buffalo rumblings at sbnation.com comment in the comment section of our show notes at buffalo rumblings.com Instagram, Facebook messages, lots of ways to get in touch with the show and have your voice be heard. Always looking for some great uh, callers and questions for the next week's episode. Go Bills!